Hey, what's going on you guys? It's your boy Brad here from Verb Mono. Just want to let you guys know that the Gypsy 500 and World Mini are already open for pre-registration for the two absolute marquee events on our Shred Tour schedule. You do not want to miss either one of these events and they happen to both be at the exact same location. March 9th, we've got the Gypsy 500. That's a 500-minute long fundurance race that you're going to have an absolute blast at, and you very well could be able to have a chance to have a beer or two with the one, the only, Jace McAlpine. He'll be in attendance, and you know what? So will I. Furthermore, you guys know that we brought back World Mini. It's the number one amateur race on the West Coast. The best race in Pacific Time Zone, if you ask me. To be honest, fantastic race last year and it's only gonna get bigger mesquite has some of the most epic tracks you'll ever see they they till them deep they make them rough and for one reason and one reason only prepare the athletes to compete at that racetrack for the next level that's what world mini does that cuts the cuts the herd in half cut separates the men from the boys and produces fast racers and great talent all the way through, tip to tail, no matter how you end up doing that particular weekend. So test your mettle and set yourself up April 4th through 7th at Mesquite for World Mini Grand Prix. We're bringing it back again this year, and you don't want to miss it. Go Joe, check those out. And a huge shout out to a few of our sponsors. Race Tech, Suspension, and Engines. First and foremost, those guys absolutely kill it. Just ask Checkers. Honestly, hit him up on Instagram or you can hit him up on, on Twitter. I swear to God, the guy has an absolute well of knowledge and he can definitely put you in, point you in the right direction of a service center nearest you that's going to do a great job. Also, give, we want to give a huge shout out to Andy Gregg over at Guts Racing. Barnon, one of the coolest guys in the industry, someone who is just salty earth and gives back to it, tip to tail, back to front. And those the lightweight seat foam, unbelievable the seat bases next level and of course the seat covers including the velcro ones and like you as well as i know neither one of us want to attach a brand new seat cover lord knows i got my very first gut seat cover and it took me months to actually work up the courage to install that thing because i was worried about ripples it was no problem whatsoever i attached it properly no bumps no fuss it was awesome go check out those guys and you can save 20 percent at guts racing with verb 20 let go check out those guys. Also, you can use Verb Moto as a discount code at ampbikes.com. It's going to save you 100 bucks. So that's pretty awesome, too. Now, let's get to the pod. Welcome to another Verb Moto podcast. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. I'm on about like a third of these podcasts, roughly, depending on how active that the vanilla broadcast actually dusts off their recording equipment and pulls the trigger on actually doing a podcast or a broadcast, as they refer to call it. With me on the line here on our Zoom call to break down all the 2024 Supercross expectations, action, and everything else in between is my good friend. Some call him Zach Herondeen. Me, Zach Heron. How's it going there, Zach? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I know I'm a, a full-time GNCC guy, back announcing in 2024. But uh, motocross and Supercross is where my heart's at, and so I'm excited. I know we say it every year, but 
with the field this deep this year, there, there's too much to break down to not do this. So, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Yes, sir. You are one of the boys who bring the noise over at GNCC along with Mikey Waynes and uh, uh, is it Casey? Jackson. Jackson, Jackson my bad. Yep. Uh, and I'll have to the written apology to Jackson. I'll, I'll submit that directly to HR over at uh, MX Sports uh, Entertainment there. Um, but uh, people probably have a little bit of an idea who I am. I'm basically just an online shit talker. Um, but uh, you yourself, uh, in addition to um, calling the action for GNCC, uh, where does your well of knowledge and expertise sort of lie? Yeah, well, uh, expertise may be a strong word. I feel like we're all just uh, we've got the expert opinions, right? Yeah. But uh, no, man, absolutely grew up racing. Uh, I'm from central North Carolina here in the States. And uh, my father grew up racing. He works in the industry. And so uh, to say this is a part of my blood is as legit as it gets. I've grown up with it and uh, felt the ebb and flows with the industry and obviously followed it as closely as you can. Um, while I am certainly not a professional racer, I'm a professional spectator. And now I guess technically a professional broadcaster as well. So I've uh, been broadcasting the sport of motocross for over 10 years now. Um, got a college degree to try to try to prove that I was official in it. And, uh, you know, like you said, getting picked up, I do the, uh, the North Carolina AMA series here. Uh, and then starting last year, I, I went full time with GNCC racing, um, and MX sports. So with that comes, uh, Loretta Lynn's, of course, as well, uh, which was probably my favorite event of the year. I, I got the pleasure of racing there in 2015. Uh, but to come back, I got to play music, which is a whole nother story as well in 2022 out at the ranch. But, uh, no, in 2023, got to call the action. What, what a year it was. You were out there. Um, just crazy weather conditions, great racing. Um, and now back here for 2024 and, uh, looking for some more, man. So excited to get A1 kicked off and get the race season underway. Looking forward to it, man. And uh, for those who are watching uh, on, on on YouTube, uh, you may recognize Zach from a couple of the the vlogs that we did. It was a, a you and I first met at Verbadilla. Uh, they put a GoPro in your hand, and uh, and, and we were we were making some toys as well as you were at uh, Lincoln Trail, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up. My uh, my relationship with Verb Moto started this year as well, out uh, in January at the Shoals MX, which is where you rung in the new year. Yes, sir. Um, and so Stu Baylor actually uh, introduced me with Brent and the guys, and uh, we really kind of hit it off. I really liked what they were doing with that Verb Shred Tour. Uh, just just a bunch of people really excited about dirt bikes and being around them and riding them uh, in awesome conditions. And so, uh, yeah, I got the call to go up to Unadilla up in New York, and that's where I had the, the pleasure of meeting my might be my favorite Canadian. I don't know. I think I know another guy who's Canadian, so it's, it's a 50-50. But, no, that's where we met, and, uh, yeah, the bromance started from there. Uh, just, just talking about dirt bikes, calling the action, man. And, uh, throughout the year, like you said, going out to Lincoln trail, those guys did an amazing, uh, amazing series out there. The Thor series back, the back and forth on their two different tracks, uh, hanging out with Brett Q and just keeping people excited about riding motorcycles. So, uh, yeah, looking to do more of that with Verb Moto this year as well. They just, they captured the emotion that is this sport, man. We all just were goofy. Uh, but we love we love this sport with a passion that very few understand. So excited to be on board with those guys. Hey, you gotta love this sport, dude, to uh go to those uh quote unquote flyover states like uh like Illinois to uh or or Missouri to uh to celebrate the sport. And but honestly, that is where the core and the heart of the sport lives. That's where uh, uh the weekend warriors get after it every single week. And now I appreciate the kind words. We were in fact separated at birth of only about nine years apart. Um, I don't want to go too far into this without uh, letting everybody know that registration is open for not only the Gypsy 500, which unfortunately you will not be in attendance for. That's when the GNCC series 
uh, kicks off. Uh, so I will have to, uh, ride your laps as part of our two person team. Um, my, my four, forearms will be non-existent. They'll be fictitious by the end of that. But I also want to, everybody who's listening to this know that all you've got to do is email brad at verbmoto.com with the subject line contest to win yourself a set of gold valves from Race Tech. That's right. All you've got to do is email me, brad at verbmoto.com, subject line contest, and uh, give me a little bit of a spiel as to why you need yourself some gold valves in your dirt bike, and I will uh, hook that up. Thank you to Checkers, who uh, works at Race Tech. He's unable to join us for this podcast. Uh, he was on last year's when I was, it was, this is a big MX radio show. Um, but he's still making his comp- contribution with a, an easy $180 value, uh, on these, uh, these gold valves. And, uh, and no, Zach, if you email me during the show, uh, with the con, with the, the contest form, uh, you won't be eligible to win because, uh, I think we're going to set you up either way. Um, I'd say disregard your email. Yeah, dis- dis- disregard that that email. You've already been put to spam anyway, so you know how that rolls. So one last time, brad at verbmoto.com, email, subject line, contest. And yeah, give me a little bit of a spiel as to why uh, you deserve or need a set of gold valves for your dirt bike. Now, let's talk 450 Supercross. We're going to touch a little bit on the 250s as well, but the Premier Class is the Premier Class for a reason. That's who uh, we all, that's who really pays the bills uh, as far as uh, getting beat, tickets sold. Although you could argue over the last couple of years that uh, uh, that Jetson guy uh, probably sold some tickets as well uh, with his antics in the 250 class. We're going to go manufacturer by manufacturer. Uh, it's going to be a little bit rapid fire because um i odds on this is probably the last uh preview pod that you've listened to from about nine other podcasts that currently exist within the sphere um but verb moto would be remiss if we don't at least preview this series get the hype to the absolute roof raise it up and uh talk about it let's let's break things off with uh beta they're a brand new team brand new motorcycle brand new two supercross although uh they've got a former champion in, uh, in Colt Nichols and the world's tallest racer in Benny Bloss. Why don't you kick things off for me with Beta? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you talk about how all the questions coming into 2024. Uh, Beta's probably got the most of them. We haven't seen anything out of them yet. Um, like you said, brand new as far as the manufacturer to Supercross. As far as um, their program goes, I know some people between Triumph and Beta, they weren't really stoked about the release of the motorcycles. Everybody, uh, everybody's got their different ideas to how a motorcycle should be introduced to the population. But, uh, nonetheless, from the outside looking in and from what I've been told, it sounds like Beta has really tried to put, put things in place to do this correctly. I don't think they're the type of manufacturer, if they're taking this seriously, um, I, I don't think that they think this is going to be just an easy thing. I think they're probably expecting some hiccups. Um, and I'm, that's what I'm interested to see, not necessarily at round one, but throughout the season, what comes up with the bike, with the riders in the bike relationship and how as a team, are they able to correct that? Because, um, I think the ability to change the motorcycles and to know those machines inside and out in the conditions that they're under, um, is what separates those factory manufacturers and factory teams from some of the others. It's just experience and having the knowledge and, um, the understanding as to what's going on for the motorcycle. So uh, to try to keep it short, you hit the nail on the head. Colt and Benny, two great riders. Um, I think that is a smart thing that they did. Obviously, um, they didn't try to go and throw all of their money at a superstar because 
Um, I think they know that there's going to be some work to come along with it. So I think Colt, from what I understand, he is extremely knowledgeable when he's testing, um, really well-spoken as well. I think that's something people don't talk about enough with Colt. He really is able to put his, even his race breakdowns, his interviews in the 250 days even, he's really good at capturing what's going on out there. Um, and I, I'm sure that I feel like that transfers over to testing as well. Benny Bloss, um, I am curious to see how the size plays as far as the bike goes. I haven't heard how it compares to the other manufacturer's machines. Um, but Benny, he's another one of those workhorses. He's going to be willing to put in the time. Um, I think there's uh, there's no doubt that Benny is grateful for the opportunity. I know on some previous uh, podcasts, he had even talked about, you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, possibly stepping away to find something else to do after racing. And so uh, I think for me, it's just exciting to see him out there. So um, I don't really know as far as expectations where I've placed beta right now. Um, I, I haven't seen enough media and enough videos compared to other people to where I feel like I have a good grasp. But uh, as far as putting places in or putting pieces in place to do well, I think beta is in a great spot. Certainly, like in, in respect to uh, Colt Nichols, he essentially goes from factory alpha, which is Honda HRC, the factory beta, uh, and that's both hilarious and factual. Um, like, reality is, this bike is still being developed for this type of racing, and with that, is there's always going to be growing pains. What I can tell you about both these riders, one is a 250 Supercross champion, the other one is a Horizon Award winner, and they are both hailing from essentially the area around the Oklahoma area where like these guys are actually quite familiar with each other. I think they're good friends. So that's going to help the camaraderie around the, the, the truck. I think they're going to work well together and also keep this in mind. Colt Nichols, extremely good looking man. And he always has, I know his wife, his girlfriend, absolute smoke show. If that's going to bring up the, the attendance around the fans and the, the like around the truck, I think that's, that's all for the better. And, uh, and, and certainly for uh, team manager, um, uh, Carlin Gardner, uh, who, if that's, if nothing else is going to brighten your day, uh, maybe Colton Nichols brings his chick to the race. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, whatever it takes, we'll put it like that. We're keeping the, the spirits high in any way we can come up with. Um, another team that I'm interested in talking about and, uh, not one that needs too much time on just because they've got the one rider, but, uh, the big switch for the number 14 machine, Dylan Ferrandez. Sure. Um, we've heard how much he's talked about wanting to be on a Honda. Um, now, I, I don't think it's any secret. He was hoping for factory Honda when he was talking about this. Um, but David Eller and the Phoenix Honda team stepping up and, uh, yeah, making things work. Uh, I, I know that Dylan came out and did some testing with the team. And next thing you know, there's ink on paper and the Frenchman's going to be riding for the Phoenix team. So um, I think I'm not only excited to see what Ferrandis is able to do with that. Ferrandis, uh, a multi-time champion, obviously able to do it not only in the 250 class, but the 450s as well. But this is a huge step for the Phoenix Racing Honda team as well. Um, they have put riders in Supercross multiple times before, but it has been the 250 class primarily. Um, they're one of the big dogs over in my world in the GNCC class. Um, their XC2 riders are, are phenomenal, and they've just bumped up some XC1 riders as well. That's even who J-Law chose to go racing with. So that that might tell you all you need to know. But, uh, no, I'm excited for the team. I, I know those guys, they're from right here in North Carolina, and um, they know it's a big step too. And, and I think that's one thing is you hear a lot of the media saying, oh, I, I don't know if they bit off more than they can chew. I don't know what, if they know what they got into. They do, I promise you. And, and the thing that I respect and that I like most about those guys is – they know it's going to be a challenge, and they're looking to face it head on um, and to put in some good results. So that's that's one I'm really excited for. Absolutely, I think you you uh, hit a lot of good points there. I'll say this about the situation that 
Dylan Francis finds himself in. And you're right. He probably uh, like wished upon a star and it was thought it was going to be a, uh, a factory Honda, but um, with all the resources and the knowledge that comes with being on factory HRC, uh, you also get uh, some some restrictions as far as like they, they've they've got some uh, really hard and fast relationships with certain sponsors that there's no wiggle room. The bike has to be a certain way. It has to react a certain way. And they're not may not be as perceptive to um, the, the feedback for sometimes the testing of the riders, not to say that they're that they ignore the riders, but that that has been um, talked about in the past, not even with Honda, but with other manufacturers that factory teams just less open to making changes whereas um like if you're trying to look at going to um phoenix honda as a positive dylan Ferranis will have the opportunity to make any and all changes necessary for him to feel comfortable on the motorcycle and phoenix honda will be obliged to to make those changes for him moving into uh the first the first of i guess you'd call the the big seven now because like there's like basically there's white ktms there's black or there's no there isn't black ktms anymore there's uh, there's well, there's some might argue that in the 250 class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, will, there will be those. Um, um, but there's there's red KTM's, there's white KTM's, there's orange KTM. Let's talk about the white KTM's, uh, which is the Husqvarna's. Um, Malcolm Stewart uh, and Christian Craig. We're talking about these guys at this point in the podcast. We're talking about guys who are yet to win a uh, 250 Supercross or 450 Supercross, rather. Uh, a couple former champions in that class. Uh, in fact, both of actually, uh, uh, Craig won it with Star Racing. I thought um, both of them were, were Geico guys when they won their championships. But uh, Craig rode for at least four different teams before getting his title. Uh, but both coming off of injury, um, but should be rolling in with a full head of steam. Um, both these riders had uh, uncharacteristically bad starts to their seasons last year. Of course, Craig being a, a rookie and Malcolm Stewart um, just he didn't seem to have that whoop speed that we had seen in previous years. Can either one of them write the ship? Can both of them write the ship? That's the question. Yeah, I uh, I feel like when it comes to the Husky guys, uh, starting off with Christian, uh, Mr. Smooth, you know, he's one of those guys uh, before Jet and before Chase came along, Christian was the guy everybody talked about when it came to just smoothness and, and this uh, appearing effortless on the bike. Um, now, for Christian, I think uh, you make a good point. He's got something to prove. Obviously, coming off of a big injury, a lot of time off the motorcycle, um, and these guys have got to hit the ground running. You know, I know they haven't had the gate drops they probably want, um, and it's much easier said than done. But for both of these riders, I feel like a one is a is a huge thing for them. I know that there's probably the you know you want to get healthy through the season, you want to get through the season entirely and be in it. Um, but I do think that these guys need to make a statement early. Um, if not round one, then, then, you know, round two or three, but they really need to prove where they can be, especially in a field like this, this year where, um, you know, you're going to hear it where people are going to go from inside the top five to outside the top 10 from one round to another. It's going to be absolutely insane. Um, my biggest thing for both of these guys, I just want them to stay healthy. And I know that's got to be on the top of their mind. Um, you know, both of them, they're getting up there in age. They're starting to, to you know, they're both they, over they 30. Yeah, they don't bounce quite like they used to. And, um, that, that comes to mind, you know, that, you know, Christian's got a huge family, a huge following with that. And, and that's, that's great. Um, I think that brings a lot of fans around Malcolm. He's just, it's hard not to like Mookie. And so for, for Husky, I think the vibes are there. I think, uh, these guys in theory should have had the time. They should be prepared. Um, now it's just time to go execute. So we'll see how they do. Um, now you jump over to the red KTMs to gas gas. Um, 
little bit of a, of a different story with your two teammates. You got Justin Barsha, um, been there, done that. Obviously, I think he's a threat at A1. Like, I think people don't put him in the, in the conversation enough. But I mean, if one race where Justin's like the guy, um, you need to be on the lookout for him. And so got some weather in the area. Oh, okay. So, so you never know. That's a little uh, soft. Uh, we know that J, JB's not afraid of a little rain. And so, um, could be exactly what Bam Bam's looking for. Um, and then on the other side of it, you got Jorge Prado. Now, I'm excited for it. I know a lot of people kind of have some different opinions and I've seen a lot of trash talking for various reasons on the interweb, yeah. but, uh, you know, that's pretty much in a nutshell, you know, and so we got to find something to be complaining about, but, um, I'm excited for him to be here. My biggest thing like beside his name, I have written out, don't get hurt. We've seen it before when, when some of these guys come over and they don't have the time, they're not quite as comfortable. They get in a race condition. These guys are, you know, they're, they're brawlers. And when the gate drops, they're, they're going for it. And sometimes that bites them if they're not, if they're not quite where they need to be. Um, now if there's somebody that could do it, uh, somebody like Prado, I think is, is the perfect example. Um, from the little bit that I have seen of him riding, he looks smooth. Um, the question is the intensity is, you know, smooth is great, but all these guys are smooth on, on a perfect track or, or when the lighting's right or when everything's been built right. But when the track's deteriorating, um, when, you know, he's just got finished with one battle and he's already getting another one, he is a notoriously good starter as well. So that's something that he could find himself in that quicksand scenario. He gets out front earlier. Next thing he knows, he's so he's getting past, um, that can start to get in your head. So, uh, for me, Prado needs to just focus on his strengths, try to get out front, try to learn, um, and just stay healthy. Yeah, totally agree with you. Um, you can't really count, count Justin Barsh out, although he's coming off of not only an injury riddled, but maybe the most non-factor of a year that he's been yeah. there. They're, like last year, he, like he had a couple of podiums, uh, probably led some laps here and there. Um, honestly, the years run together so much. I start to forget which one's which, but either way, uh, I'll say this. He spent a good amount of time on that motorcycle. He should be used to it. So he, there won't be any adjustment there. Um, does he have the ability to still win races? I absolutely think so. I think he's in shape. Uh, his starts will be on point because he uses, uh, starting blocks that are about six feet tall. Um, and, uh, Jorge Prado, I think uses the same ones. So uh, the real question is whether or not, uh, Jorge is able to stay within himself and just put in, uh, solid, consistent laps. I think if he finds himself in a dogfight with some of the, one of these seasoned pros, I don't like the, like his chances of coming out on the other side the victor of that. Like, I think if he gets into a battle with Jason Anderson, um, I think that like, as just for example, I think that uh, like that doesn't end well for uh, Jorge Prado, but in a lot of ways, I also think that there's, a, there's probably a low chance that the two of them see each other much aside from time qualifying uh, throughout the weekend. And that's when we roll straight into the green machine, the, the, the team green boys, you know, you live close to my heart. I got a, I got a, a, a box full of ditch pickles in my garage as well. Uh, you yourself are also a Kawasaki pilot. Uh, a couple of guys who they, they honestly, just like the Husky guys, they both need a get right year. Um, yep. Jay Sanderson down year last year, uh, got nicked up a little bit, didn't finish the, str- the season as strong as he would have liked. Adam seen Cerullo, uh, the elbow issue, the hands, um, like, it's unfortunate because I think no matter how this the career ends up with with Adam Cincerolo, 
the career accolades and the championships won't stack up the way they probably a lot of people predicted they would. Um, but regardless of that, um, there's still a lot of meat on the bone when it comes to Adam C. and Cirillo. How do you see it all playing out? Yeah, it's funny now with, with Adam, you even see in some of his posts, he's, uh, he's, he's calling himself kind of not the old guy, but he's seasoned at this point. He, especially as young as he went pro and, and, uh, to your point, the expectation that Adam had coming into the pro ranks. And quite honestly, I feel like that only increased due to his success moving straight into the pros. Um, it, it's an interesting spot. And, and Adam, obviously one of the more, uh, philosophical guys, uh, another one, you talk about somebody that can put it into words. Um, very self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it would, uh, the, that's, that's on my bucket list. I want to call some races with Adam Cincerello. I'll go ahead and put that into existence right now. But, uh, Adam is in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. We we're going to speak it into existence or whatever, whatever the kids are saying. But, uh, no, I think Adam, I think you're right. I think there's still more to prove and it's hard to to tell based off of what we're told on social media, because we know how, how reserved and how close these guys keep their weaknesses. Um, while it hasn't been a secret, how well that things have changed and how well the recovery is going is still a question mark. Um, but one thing that we can take away from this previous year that he did have, um, and I feel like you could even say for both of these riders, they had the flashes. Um, so it's not like where they just kind of, you look back over the year and you're like, man, he was out there, but I don't really remember anything. Like you did have these flashes where Cincerello would, would all of a sudden he was able to put at least the start of a race together. And while even sometimes the results may find him outside the top five, I do think that those matter. And I do think that somebody like Adam's going to try to hang on to that to show that he does still have the, the intensity. He has the ability. It's just the, you know, getting healed up and getting to where he can hang on for the entire duration. Um, as far as Anderson goes, yeah, I, I'm curious to see where he comes in A1 as far as the finishing position. I feel like Anderson is one of those guys, if he can get some momentum going, he's almost got a little more fight in him. He's I don't want to say that. one. His yeah, first well, one. Yeah, and when he puts himself in a great position off the bat, it's like going each round after that. It's like this guy shows up and he's just on another level. Whereas I feel like in, in sometimes, especially in the beginning of series, if he finds himself – you know, on the backside of the top 10 due to whatever, it's almost like it takes them a minute to really get that fight going. Uh, and sometimes by then it's, it's too little too late. And with this year being the deepest field we've ever seen, right. Um, it, it's, it's going, I cannot stress how important this first race is. I think this first race is going to be insane. Your first three races are going to set the tone. And, and I think, um, not to throw it back to GNCC, but this previous season we had, we had different winners. winners. Yeah, we had different winners going exactly all the way down to to the final round was our eighth winner. And and what it was was it wasn't who was able to string together the most wins. It was who was able to manage their bad days and keep it up there throughout the year. Um, and and I think that's going to be a lot of the strategy we see this year as well in this 450 class where it's you know hey you may have a podium run one day but you can't afford backside of the top ten. You got to be inside the top five. So. Uh, the Cowboy Boys, I'm excited to see. Now, jumping over to the to the bananas, to the yellows. Uh, you oh, jump yeah. over to HEP Suzuki. Um, the, take a look at Kyle Chisholm and Shea Malkrath, both riders. I mean, Chiz is gonna gonna Chiz on the competition. What more can you say? Um, I, I think expectations for him are managed not only from the fan perspective, but from his own perspective. Um, he seems very content with what he is able to do. 
Um, he's probably going to be in a lot of LCQs and he's probably going to make it through a lot of LCQs because, you know, that's, that's his thing. And he so his head above about him. And I, exactly. I love that I actually exactly misspelled what he needs his name. To do. And, and so um, I, I'm excited to to see if he's able to keep it going in another year. It's, it's impressive to watch year in and year out. Um, Shane, Shane's got to try to do something to get himself back into the discussion. You know, I don't think he's a name that's going to come to mind right off the bat for championships. Um, I, I think Shane has got to try to set some manageable goals, some reasonable expectations. And uh, whether he likes it or not, that might be trying to find inside the the top, inside the top 10, you know, right on that top five bubble, you know, that, that, those are good results. And so um, we'll see what, what comes of the yellow team, but uh, obviously you can't not talk about, Kenny. I mean, I think I I don't know if it's because of Suzuki, but I feel like he slips under a lot of people's like thought processes. Like they think of all the factory teams and they don't think of Suzuki. And then you're like, don't forget about Ken Roxley. And it's like don't you the dare. second yeah, the second that you do, it's he just goes and shows you once again why he is he is who Ken Roxon is. And so um, the motivation sounds good. You know, I always feel like you're going to get a dangerous Kenny when he's posting family stuff on social media. You know, he's posting a lot of videos where he's working out. He's got the kids hanging on him. Like he seems very at peace, very happy. Mm-hmm. And that's a dangerous Ken Roxon. So uh, as far as the Suzuki boys go, um, I think just try to try to really stay consistent for Kyle Chisholm. Uh, try to have some good rides, but consistency also going to be crucial for McElrath. And then Ken Roxon, uh, I think you're only – only advice is to go out there and try to win. So, Yeah, he certainly has the potential to be a race winner. And if he's able to get that, I think that that is some momentum that he can, he's proved it to himself and he'll be uh, a podium guy weekend in, weekend out. Uh, if there's a guy on this list that can start to take some points away from some of our title favorites, it's certainly Ken Rocks. And um, quickly touching on Chiz, and I do like that I misspelled his last name, uh, completely by accident, but I, I just so used to just calling him Chiz with a Z. Uh, and it is a Z, by the way, uh, up here in Canada. Um, yeah, it's not a Z, it's a Z. Uh, a YZ80 just doesn't sound right to me, but what that's fine. Um, is that, uh, both Kyle Chisholm and, uh, it's Josh Hill who will both all, also be lining up this weekend. What do you think they have in common? Chisholm and Josh, they probably raced each other a lot, uh, growing up. Probably some verb events or something, I would think, wouldn't you? They they were they were both featured at a verb classic, but they are the only two guys on the line who raced carbureted motorcycles. Wow. That's that means both those guys are old. Like Yeah, I was about to say that means you're getting up there. Yeah, no, it's uh that is uh it's getting all too real. Um but uh yeah, like I th- I think Shane, I think like, I'll ask you this. Who do you think uh, has a better season, Shane McElrath or Benny Bloss? Hmm. I'm going to say Shane, but I'm not sure that the reason will be Benny's fault. Okay. Big, big beta questions going on there. Let's move straight on to Star Racing Yamaha. Um, They've got a big fleet of runs. They must have like nine trucks in the pits now. Uh, to bring all those 250s out. Um, but they've even got three guys in the 450 class. Like they're the, uh, I think they're the only team on here that could actually sweep a podium if they, if all things go well. And honestly, all three guys, not too shabby. Every single one of them is at least a 250 champ. Two of them are 450 champs. 
And uh, yeah, kick things off. Might as well go with the guy who uh, tore an Achilles last year. He was at the uh, points lead at the time, relinquished it at that particular race. Eli Tomac coming off um, maybe not the most dominant season he's ever had, but certainly one where um, he was able to, he was leading the points at the time. Um, I, 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 as far as the Achilles go, like the, the anatomy of a motocross racer depends on your Achilles a lot. You load it pretty much the entire time, unless you're a guy like you or I who ride on the arches of our feet. If you ride on the balls of your feet, you are activating your Achilles tendon at all times. Um, what, what does that mean? Nothing aside from the fact that if it's healthy, it's healthy. And if, is there a possibility for re-injury? Of course, but that's literally any, uh, any, uh, like ruptured tendon that you've had before. Like if it, if it happened once, it can happen again. I was told by my physician when my shoulder got fixed, my shoulder will never be better than before it got torn the very first time. So that being said, uh, is it possible for re-injury? That's uh, absolutely, but there's not a single guy on this list that isn't susceptible to some sort of injury at some point. Brian Villapoto, after wrapping up a championship in 20, 2012, Put his leg out at the at the uh, I think it was the St. Louis Supercross first corner tears up his knee still wins the title because he already had the championship lined up. Accidents can happen, so I'm going to take that conversation and just wipe it right off the board. Tell me what you know about Eli Tomac. Man, I I mean, what do you say other than Tomac is going to come out? I think in a way we've never seen because you you take not only obviously the Achilles. It was was a crazy injury at the time he was he was leading um as far as the series goes and there's controversy around that as far as um whether just the way all of that happened you know he's he's one of those uh figures in your head where he almost seemed indestructible right it's just like the bulldog Eli Tomac and then all of a sudden he's riding with his leg off the bike um as far as the injury recovery I agree with you I don't even think it needs to be a part of the conversation uh, I think the guy is, he's one of those, he's not going to rush it. I think he's got a, because he's got that close circle around him, obviously a very close family man as well. Um, I Three think, kids now? well, not only on the having a wife and kids, but you, you look at, I mean, it's no secret that sometimes motocross families, they end up having a falling out at some point, if not multiple points. Yep. Their career. You look at the toe match. Hey, I won't let you down pop on mini warriors three as he's lassoing the lassoing his bike. And it's still father and son week in and week out at the races. And that's, that's one of the things that I love the most about Tomac. Um, but what that means to me is the trust is there. Like no other, you don't trust anybody like you trust family. He's getting good advice. He's got a good circle around him, which means to me, if he says he's healthy, he's healthy. And, and he's been made very clear, even in that supercross preview show, not that he's ever the, the, a wordsmith, but he said, no, I'm here to win. And you take the hype that has gained over this, this kid, this jet kid that just, you know, is going to set the world on fire and he's going to be the next McGrath. It's going to be a decade before we see another winner. I think Tomac is enjoying that because I think he enjoys showing you exactly how wrong you are. Um, and, and so that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting a Tomac like we've never seen. Um, and I cannot wait for it. I'll put it like that. When that guy is is on a roll and he is feeling it on all levels, he does things that that make your jaw drop. And and he does them. They're not even flashy. It's like little things that you go back and watch, and you're like, holy crap! And so I'm excited for Tomac. Uh, you take the number three, you drop down to the number two, Cooper Webb, another one making a big switch. He's one of the industry changers, and uh, I, I think. 
you can't write Coop out. Uh, he is a Carolina boy, so there's a little bit of bias on me. I, I'm a big fan of Coop. Um, but I'd be lying if I said that's why. I'm a big fan of Coop because he's always coming from from amateurs, and he's talked about it, kind of being in Adam's shadow. He's got this chip on his shoulder. He's not scared to say it. And I like that he's he plays the mind game. You know, I like the I like the smack talk. I like the 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 sly confidence that a lot of people don't like about Cooper. I think it's what makes him who he is. Um, and, and I know he's coming out to prove something as well. I don't think his SMX debut was what he wanted or what the team wanted. But I look at it like think if that was a one. Think about how much he'd be trying to catch up during the season. So to me, it was a smart decision to get out there, get on the new machine under race conditions. They've had that entire time after SMX to make those adjustments. Um, and so I'm expecting big things out of, out of Coop this year as well. Now to the other Coop, Justin Cooper, that is, it is where weird I, there's multiple Coops. Yes. Yes. There's, there's big Coop. And then, yeah, I think Justin Cooper is going to be, um, he's got something to prove, right? He had to earn this spot on the 450s full time. Um, he, he is a champion, like you said, but Cooper in the four fifties, I don't strong know. last year, he was oh. strong, he was strong. I, and that's what I mean. I don't know. I don't know where to put him. I do think sometimes he's a little start dependent. And if it's not, if it's not there, there's so many guys that are good starters. If if he's not able to consistently get the starts that he needs, then I don't know if you see him coming through the pack. Whereas I do think some of these other guys, they maybe can't afford like a, a 12th place start, but if they are just outside the top five or something like that, they're going to be able to work their way through. So um, I don't know. I'm curious to see uh, how he adjusts full-time on the, on the circuit uh, in the 450 class. Um, but like you said, I, I don't think you can, you can slide his, his talent. I don't think you can say that you don't expect good things out of him because he's shown he's capable of doing it. No, he certainly has, and um, like I, I wasn't wasn't joking. The all three of these guys have the potential to sweep a podium. First time that we we'd seen that uh, since the that Chad Reed, Tim Ferry, and uh, Villeman, uh powerhouse from two thousand and four. Those guys did that more than a couple of times. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit more of an outside chance that uh, that Cooper ends up on the podium. Uh, like you said, I think he's going to take him a start. Let's move over to the big red machine. A pair of brothers on this, a lot of brotherly love going on. Um, and they might brotherly shove themselves to the front of the uh, front of the pack on a regular basis. Jet Lawrence, um, he has been basically just uh, crowned and announced by all. Uh, fans everywhere who the guy doesn't have a single supercross win, but apparently he's going for 73. Um, yay. Like you can't take, like I have a hard time doubting the kid because he's basically just like every time I doubt, doubt him, I just, I live to regret the day. Um, but I'll tell, I'll tell you this. This is throwing out some facts here. There have been two guys who have won their, the championship in their champ, their, their rookie season. One was Jeremy McGrath. Oh no, he's just behind me right there. Uh, he went 72 Supercross wins. Uh, he averaged, I think, about seven wins a year in the in the in the class, uh, including one where I believe he had 14 wins. Absolute, uh, he's like he's the king, absolute king of the sport. Um, and the other one was Ryan Dungey, who, for all intents and purposes, 2010 that championship, like ifs and buts are candy nuts, but that probably championship probably should have gone 
to Ryan Villapoto had he not broken his leg at St. Louis that year. Um, but he did break his leg at St. Louis right uh, that year. So kind of a moot point. Uh, regardless, both these guys extremely talented. Um, but I, I don't, uh, Jet Lawrence is not my championship favorite for this championship. I think he's going to have a strong year. I think he's going to win some races. I think he might even come out and, uh, to win Anaheim, Anaheim one. Um, but, uh, it, it's, it's a long series and, and things can happen and it's awfully hard to do it in that first year. He's got lots of career ahead of him. Uh, I'm not sure if this is going to, this is going to be the year. I'm excited for both these guys though. There, there's, I, I would love to see both these guys on the podium at some point. That would be a cool moment for them. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see the brother dynamic. Um, we did get a little taste of it over there, uh, over in Paris with, with, you know, the contact and yeah. I like it. Don't get me wrong. And, and they played nice. You know, it seemed like everybody was okay. once, once everything got talked out, that wasn't um, for real though. Well, exactly. And, and I think, you know, when it is for real, that's when you're going to start to see that maybe get a little more tense than you think. Cause like people talk about the chase jet dynamic. Well, chase and jet don't share parents and they don't share everything else basically, you know? So, um, and when you take a close circle and then you're splitting it in two, I, I'm just curious to see how it works. I'm not saying that I don't think it's going to work well. It might be the exact thing that we need. And we may be looking at a Lawrence one, two repeatedly. Um, but I personally don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, I am curious to see how Hunter adjusts um, to the 450 class. It is interesting to think about Jet isn't a Supercross 450 rider yet. You know, this is this is kind of still uh, new for him as well. And so it'll be – but you can't ignore what Jet just did. You know, the third person in history to ever have a perfect outdoor national season. Sure. Uh, I mean, it's – what more do you say? I, I mean, you talk about somebody who was like, there's no way it'll ever happen. I was laughing people out the room. And then I was laughing a little quieter. And then I was uh, I was saying, no, it wasn't going to happen. But I was a little quieter. And then the next thing you know, with a couple rounds to go, I'm like, never mind. I want it to happen. Like, this would be this would be history. And so um, that was cool. But I don't think that's going to be what we're going to see. I think this is just uh, it's a different animal. It's a different game. And. Um, I want to see how Jet responds to that. Hey, man, you can't win them all, uh, despite what people might tell you and despite what your outdoor national track record might say. But, you know, you, you've got to learn to handle those seconds and those thirds. And sometimes we've seen riders, when they are accustomed to to doing extremely well, when they find themselves in positions, they, they start almost over-trying and over-riding into mistakes um, and that is that is the absolute last thing I want to see. Jed is is too big of a figure, and he's bringing too much attention to the sport. Sure, I get a little burnout on him. I think a lot of your day to day racers, as far as the actual broadcast goes, I think NBC really sees a marketable kid and a good. I mean, how do you not like him? Like he's he's a nice guy, as far as I know. He's kind to everybody. Like from Canada. Yeah, exactly. I'm all on board on that. It's a great family story. Um, and the same thing with Hunter. Hunter's, you know, it, just a, a stand-up guy. And so um, I expect on that top five bubble for, for Hunter um, and then for Jet, I think it's, you know, obviously on the podium, but I don't know if I think it's going to be him and him in the end. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was, but that's not not my prediction. Um, now jumping over to the to the one team we've got left. Uh, the the Red Bull KTM team, 
another big switch uh, on the big number four machine now, which that's going to take a little a little getting used to. You got Freddie. I'm going to think he's Blake Baggett for at least two weeks. Yep. Well, and at least there's that. You got like Freddie Norton on the 22. That still takes me. It takes me a second. I just spoke with. Let, let's touch on this just slightly because the cosmetics of motocross are 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 important to me. And I was told I was told by team manager and racer of the Mad Parts Kawasaki team, Bubba Polly, who is miraculously coming back despite missing half a thumb, um, that the the 22 on the bike is their attempt at an at the copy of the the 2004 font. Now, as far as like I like, it's not an exact replica. It's close. It's, it's, it's as if you like described what that font would look like to a graphic designer. And that's what they came up with. And instead of making the proper changes and actually going with the exact 2004 digits, uh, you just went with something. I'm not a fan I, of the, of the font. Run the number 22 all you like. Really don't care. Uh, hell, it's, um, Talon Volan ran that number. Uh, it was also, uh, belonged to the the great Tim Ferry for like two different seasons, I think. Anyway, regardless, numbers can be passed up. Uh, no, I, but I, I as far as agree. that, they they I I would have it would have meant something to me if they would have put more effort into like going exact to that number and a little bit of a, like a pay homage to the twenty two who uh, who ran that number and protected it so well and uh, and did it so much justice for so long, but. It won't be that way. Also, before we move to the KTM team, I also want to also let everyone know that the nuclear element is back. Vince Freezy is lining up at A1. So, like, if you want to, like, any of these guys, like, there's someone who can ruin your, like, shit in, in, in your fucking uh, uh, cornflakes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's Vince fucking Freezy. So, uh, just let everybody know that, 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 like, be on notice. Because that guy can come and ruin your afternoon. And, and honestly, and he's like, I'm going to just go out and say it. He's going to get a great start. He's going to be top five start all day in this, in this field. So, um, in either a heat race or, or a main event, uh, he will be out there. Although, uh, I'm going to let you know how, how many guys we're about to talk to, talk to about after we get done with Chase Sexton and the seven machine of, uh, of Aaron Plessinger. Sometimes I look at names and just completely freeze. That was one of those moments. Um, so let's talk about, uh, yeah, the, the four and, uh, AP seven. Well, starting things off with, uh, with everybody's favorite cowboy. Um, you know, AP. Aaron Dean. Oh, okay. Aaron, Aaron Dean, AP, baby. Hey, I won the Aaron Plessinger scholarship back in the day. So, uh, I've, I've got a, I got a little, bit of yep, I got some AP's money there, but, uh, but no, it's, uh, a fan favorite. I, I mean, arguably my favorite i think he's my girlfriend's favorite like it's hard to not like he's every girlfriend's favorite that's what i mean like and so it's uh it's just exciting to see him out there and um it's almost one of those things where i feel like people want him to get on the podium just because they want to hear his interview maybe see him belly flop in the mud like you just don't know what you're going to get with the guy uh and and when i heard you that was a risky belly flop for those who remember no confident no no idea what lies underneath it's, there were uh, there were electrical wires running through it. Hey, maybe you just got to send it. Yeah, no, hey, absolutely. you know what he did? He did it for Dale. He did it All for right? Dale. That's exactly yeah, what he happened. did. So, but, uh, uh, in all seriousness, yeah. I think AP. I, I would love to see him win a race. Like he got one taken away from him. Uh, he was within two laps of it. 
Uh, you hate to see that. So I just, I hope he gets one. Like, I absolutely, I just hope he gets one. I don't really, I don't cheer for anyone, but I, I love good stories and a good comeback story with him being able to like kind of put an exclamation point on that. Um, I would love to see that for Aaron. Um, and as far as Chase Sexton's concerned, I'll say this about Chase Sexton. He's a competitor. He will have fast qualifying and, and, and there will be some moments throughout the year when, when he makes some mistakes. I think it's going to be a while before he completely cleans all of that stuff up. Um, but that can be said about literally anyone on this list. Um, and he's going to, he, like, he's got that number one. It's a little bit of a target, but it's got to add some confidence too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I didn't even think about the fact that he's going to be number one for this just because of all the controversy with the number four. Yeah. But, uh, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of talk about Chase not adapting well to this change um, over the KTM machine. And um, I think he looks fantastic on the bike. Um, it, it, I agree. I, I think it, changing style and changing um, stylistic mistakes, which a lot of people could argue is leading to some of those crashes and those problems that Chase is having. Um, I think it might take a little bit. I'm sure that he's been working on it. Um, and, and who knows you with the change in bike, the change in setup, um, the, it might, some of those might correct themselves just based off of the way the bikes are different. And so uh, I'm very curious to see how he comes out in round one chase for some reason, as far as the championship goes, chase reminds me of a, of a dungy in the sense of he thinks long-term He's the type of guy I can see he's at the point where he's thinking about round 11 at round one. And so um, I, I'm not expecting crazy flashes. I think the opportunity's there. He's going to try to make something happen. But I think Chase is going to try to have a, a strong finish and and really take some good notes walking around, walking away from this first round. Um, he didn't they, – they did not decide to do any offseason races. Um, and so – it sounds uh it sounds like he's just trying to really get tuned in where he's comfortable before he puts it up against other people. Um I do think off the bike as far as the the rumor mills and the talk regarding his mistakes and and people arguing whether it's mental um and of course the comments that are have been made about it being mental being under the tent with Jet, I'm sure that's got to be, you know, tiring after a while. And so um I think I'm glad to see it. I think he was at a point where he needed a reset um, as far as his environment goes, and I think it's going to breathe some new life into him. Um, you talk about people that are capable of doing it. Roger and Ian over at KTM, uh, the entire team is just they're they're a, they're a, they're as factory as it gets. You want to talk about a factory race team? You think about KTM, and so um, I'm excited to see what he's able to do, and and I'm expecting him to be in the title hunt for sure. Certainly, I don't think there's been a uh, defending champion more doubted. Then Chase Sexton rolling in. I think your your the the consensus is that uh, most people don't even have him as the title favorite to to defend. Although I'll argue uh, that I'll say I think Anderson was doubted more afterwards. Probably you're you're not wrong about that. That that is uh, that is maybe as the most spot on analysis you've uh, you've done, and it took about an hour into the podcast for you to pull out. That, Sorry, I'm, um, I'm awake now. My bad. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Uh, hey, we're firing on all cylinders. We're going to try and keep this within an hour, hour and 15 minutes. We haven't touched about the 250 class just yet, and we still got a game to play. Uh, but we're going to try and wrap this up as quickly as possible, just because I know everyone's time is very precious, and so is mine. So of this list, is there anyone that we talked about today that it would be, like, super soaked with getting 19th this weekend? Chiz? 
That's who I was about to say. I don't think stoked is the right he's word. Like, stoked is in the world, but he's like, I put it in the main. And yeah, yeah, he's in the main, and, and he got, you know, I, don't, I think Chiz could have a bad night, not get hurt, maybe have a have a mistake early or late in the race, and he's content with it. I don't think he's happy with it, but he's content with it. Um, but no, as far as, as far as the rest of the field, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of disappointed riders. I'll put it like this. And I mean, oh, yeah. I, well, okay, I I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Is there anyone on this list who, who could finish 12th or worse and be like, that was a good night. No, there's going to be like seven of those guys. Yeah. Seven of these guys that we just talked about are going to, they're, they're like, that's fucking just math mathing that yeah. seven of these riders will end up outside the top 12 and, and have to, and have to go back to the drawing board, whether that's Christian Craig or even Jorge Prado, uh, Adam Cien Cerullo. Uh, also, uh, for those interested, uh, hit up checkers to play the, uh, his survival. Uh, if you're not playing Fulpamex fantasy and, you, and because you don't live in the right state, uh, you can play survivor. And that's basically you have to pick someone to get in the top 10. And as soon as you pick someone that eliminates them from your picks for the rest of the year. And uh, yeah, lots of people pick like someone who is going to be on the fringe and then they're out immediately uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, but yeah, like I said, um, there's going to be some disappointed people leaving Anaheim one as there always is. There was one year where uh, uh, Christoph Purcell did not make the main at Anaheim one. That was 2018. Yeah. Factory I think- I know. I was just about to say, that's what I was trying to think was what bike he was riding there. Yeah. Um, Ugly looking horse. Yeah. It was not, not the best. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be, I think that's going to, going to show some, it's going to be a little bit of a character check. You know, I, I mean, I hate to get too deep as far as the, the mental side of things going, but you got to think about a lot of these riders are not going to be accustomed to the positions they're going to find themselves in. You've got a lot of, of different riders and new riders coming in with a plan and, and with uh, a point to prove and, you know, it, the, the get knocked down seven, stand up eight, you know, whatever movie quote or, or example you want to put in here. Uh, some riders are going to have to take a look in the mirror and uh, really, really figure out what they've got under the hood and, and what they're able to do. Because um, I think a one, well, I think it's going to be exciting and there's going to be a lot of guys that are fully prepared. I do think a one is going to catch a couple people off guard. I think there's going to be a couple of people expecting some top tens. They're going to find themselves 13th, 14th, and they're going to have to have a, have a rude awakening because we've always got those wild guys, you know, the ones that are not on this list as far as your, your factory efforts or your big teams. And hey, they, they want a slice of the pie too. And they're hungry. They're working for this. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm interested to see who finishes 14th and 15th just as much as I am to see who finishes first, second, and third. I'll put it like that. Certainly. Uh, no, I completely agree. There's a few guys that have a pretty wide range of outcomes. Uh, just a, a guy like Dylan Ferrandez, he got uh, 2021, I believe it was 21, was the first round of the year, he ended up with a second behind uh, Justin Barsha, and that he could very well be outside the top 10 at the end of uh, uh, Saturday night's action. Um, before we move over to the 250 class and give some brief analysis on not only who will be racing that class, but also, uh, who our sort of title favorites are, uh, before we go to this quick game, who is your, give me your top three prediction for this championship. Go. For championship or A1? Both. Both. All right. A1, I'm going to go. 
I'm going to go Ken Roxon, Eli Tomac, and I'm going to say Jet finishes the podium. Yeah, we're going to have a similar podium here. I'm going to go with Eli with the win, followed by... Um, Eli, Eli Chase Jet Jet. I think I think Jet doesn't have the best. I don't know why. I just I see him getting not the best of starts yeah. on the 450, and then like I think he still like climbs to third, but like a uh like kind of like a oh like got the first one out of the way, and off we go to the the rest of them. Uh, championship. Man, it, it, this is a complete just shot in the dark because yeah, I, I so feel like one of these big guys has their own big question mark. Um, I'm going to say A1 predictions. I think we should do, we should do three different championship predictions mm. throughout the season. All right. From like rounds one, rounds five. We'll, we'll talk later, okay. but A1, I'm feeling as far as the championship goes, I think you're going to have. Mm. I'm gonna say Tomac. I think Tomac gets it. Agree. I think I'm gonna say I'm gonna surprise some people here. I'm gonna say Cooper. Cooper Webb gets second. And then okay. I'm gonna say I'm going to say Jet third. I'm going to go with Eli with the lead. I'm going to go – that's your championship. I think Jet is a distant second, and then I'm going to put Roxon in the third spot. I think that's I that's my top three. See, yeah, I could easily see that being 100% correct. Like That's yeah. what I mean. You could give me 15 different examples or different – And that's not a slight on Chase Sexton. I just – that, like, that's just what I'm feeling rolling in. I think who has the most amount of sort of momentum, uh, Kenny being like – like say what you will about the World Supercross Championship. He just wrapped up a Supercross Championship on a Suzuki. Uh, he's the only other guy that led laps aside from Jet this last year. In the outdoors, uh, yeah, he's he's he knows his motorcycle. Familiar with he's going to have a new mechanic this year, but I like it, so I, I put him in the three spot. Um, all right, so let's let's do a top five ranking of okay. your four fifty teammates. Like, who would you right, who so would you rather have in this one, hat like, right here? Who I would want to have the most. Yes. Okay. So, and sure. know, knowing full well when I picked the first one, that could be it. Could be your number one. But there could be a better option in there. So, um, yeah, don't throw someone on the five spot knowing that you're going to have to rank someone higher afterwards. Once you've picked someone at a certain a certain level, they kind of, they are not moving from that spot. I've got you. Okay. All right. And you're you're going to do the picking, and I'm going to do the heckling from my my side of things. I'm not going to be picking. So, um, first one out of the hat, the verb moto hat. We're going to have Aaron Plessinger. Oh. It's over, folks. That's number one. One. End of one. day. End I of had day. a feeling that there there isn't anyone on the list that could probably go higher than that. So I was just uh, that that one's easy. Damn, yeah, I'm I'm almost disappointed easy. that was first because that yeah. was like it's over. No kidding. All right. 
Uh, go Chiz. I will say four. This is a solid four. I thought I, I probably would have put him three just because. Yeah, I was debating three or four. Josh Hill. I'm gonna say five. Oh, that's just just hating on Josh Hill. I'm sorry. <laughs> Someone someone's got to be fifth. Uh, Eli Tomac. I'm gonna put third on the two. Sp- oh, all right, all right. You, you know full well that Vince Freezy could be the next one I pull. Correct. Hey, I'm not saying that's a bad teammate to have. All right. Well, you might run some interference. Yeah, I might be onto something there. We might be on something. Uh, in the two spot, you have Shane McElrath. I'm fine with that. Shane's a Carolina boy like me. Used there to you race go. Public, you guys so. are probably uh, like knocked down some Call of Duty is what you do. I, I was never a video game guy, but I did race his brother quite fair frequently. Enough. Okay, yep. fair enough. Well, yeah, there, there's your your top five. You have uh, number one with AP, then uh, <laughs> Makarath, Tomac. No, yeah, Makarath, Tomac, uh, Chiz, and rounding things off with the 44, the, now the 44 machine. That'll look weird. Uh, of Josh Hill. Um, for some reason, I think he should have been able to just keep the 75. You imagine hurt. Aaron Plessinger and Heron Dean taking on the town. Oh, dude, you Ooh. guys would paint the town red as that hat. I'm just uh, saying. This is an audio podcast. No one can see what you're wearing unless they're watching my YouTube. Okay. Uh, like I said, we went over the one-hour time limit, but rules were made to be broken, and we're going to try and wrap this up as quickly as possible, as efficiently Without, and still do this justice to talk about the 250 West predictions. Unfortunately, for everyone who lives on the West Coast, you will have to be put on ice, as you were last year, if you wanted to see the one, the only, Danger Boy, Hayden, Deegan. He will be beasting out on the Easting. But when we're talking about 250 West, we've got some heavy hitters. Let's talk, talk things off with, like I said earlier, we both are uh, fans of the Ditch Pickles. So let's go straight to the Pro Circuit Kawasaki's, the number 20 machine, of Maximus Volan. His teammate will also be Levi Kitchen, a couple of boys that are born and raised in the Pacific time zone. Uh, and uh, both are looking to improve their results from last year. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Max Volan's in a, in a pretty serious spot as far as needing to make something happen. Um, yeah. It's no secret. He had on, flashes very early on over at KTM. But Do your deal though, right? I believe so. So I do think, and I think that's a that's a, a show of trust there. We'll put it like that. I think sure. uh, I, I do think he's got the potential and he's shown it. But for some reason, something just wasn't clicking. I don't know uh, behind closed doors. You know, these guys talk. The the community's rather close. Whether or not somebody's comfortable on a motorcycle, um, so who knows? But regardless, the, he's on the green machine now. Uh, again, you talk about a fresh start, breath of fresh air, even just the, just being around different mechanics and, and things being in different places. Um, it, it can bring a new life to your, to your game on the weekend. So um, I'm expecting big things out of Max. I don't know where I put him as far as title contention or finishes, but um, I think he needs to be, you know, fighting for those top fives, fighting for podiums, and he's got to stay consistent. Uh, you flip over to Levi Kitchen, another rider making a big switch over from Star Racing Yamaha, which is kind of a different switch. I, I think uh, obviously Star is looked at as, as kind of the big dogs in the class, I think. And Levi had the spot. They picked him up coming out of amateurs. Um, and so I, I'm curious to see whether he's got a chip on his shoulder or not. Um, talking, Levi doesn't really give you a whole lot as far as 
motivation goes, yeah, I'm going to go do what I can do. Um, and, and so just kind of nonchalant in tone, but on the bike, um, he does have this aggressive style when he's really feeling well that I like. Um, and I think he's one of the riders that, um, I could see surprising a lot of people. So, uh, curious to see what happens with the, the green machines, um, dropping down to another rider who is not new to this. Um, and, and I don't think it's going to be any secret as far as the, the crucial point for him talking about RJ Hampshire there on the Husqvarna. Uh, he's got to stay off the three years old. Yeah. He's got to stay off the dirt. And, and, and I mean, I like RJ a ton. He's a great rider. And I think anybody you ask will tell you the same thing, yep. but it's the crashes and it's, it's yep. I, when I, he I, wasn't I, on the ground last year, he was second every time. It's insane. I, I mean, the guy has got cr- crazy speed, but the the mistakes have cost him too much. And unfortunately it's starting to become too much of a signature move for him. And, and so whether that's taking a second or taking a third and settling a little bit, whatever it is, he's got to start finishing races and being in the discussion for titles in the second half of the season. Um, I don't think it's, nobody questions whether he's fit. Nobody questions whether he's able to ride. It's just whether he's going to be in the picture late in the race. So that that's kind of the the feeling I've got for RJ. Yeah, uh, completely agree. Also, want to give a side note that I think Maximus Bolin and his dad Tyson, or no, Tom's, yeah, Talon, Talon Bolin, uh, as, as well, his uncle is Tyson Bolin, uh, Talon Bolin, uh, first uh, father son combo to uh, both ride for the same team. I'd imagine. I wasn't going to say that because I wasn't one hundred percent sure or not, but I'm I am fairly sure. I'm fairly that. safe on that. Yeah. There there yeah. isn't a lot of like father-son combos and as far as team goes uh, i think that one would certainly suffice um joe shimoda uh i like everything about joe shimoda rolling into the 2024 season aside from the font that his numbers are at um it's like i don't know where that comes from i just it's not my favorite and you know what i like it's not even like it isn't a visual thing but it's also as an announcer i feel personally attacked because from anything more than like 40 feet away that number just looks like a blob. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I feel like these are the things that focus groups and stuff look at, maybe. Yes. I'm not sure how they came to the conclusions. Um, this needed know. to be tabled by, like, at least 10 yeah, people. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was, but uh, I, I agree. I think uh, there's been – but there has been a lot of talk about it. So, who knows? Maybe it's all just about the buzz. Big but uh, I, I do it, think – I think Shimoda is going to be more no bad press. of making his own buzz. I'll put it like that. The numbers are great, um, but I think the riding is going to be there to back it up. And I think that he has got to be looked at as one of the title favorites. Um, moving over to Honda, it's no secret what that team is capable of doing. Uh, you talk about championships. They're coming off of some 250 championships there. Um, I, I think it is really going to be um, a big year for Joe. I I want him to get through round one healthy. Um, but I think he is, he's got to be lining up expecting to win. Um, now on the other side, his teammate Chance Hymas coming back from injury. I'm excited to see what he's able to do. He was a big name coming out of amateurs. Uh, we got to talk to him a little bit at Loretta's this past year. Um, working, I believe it was an ACL injury. I can't quite remember. Um, but coming back from it and, uh, based off of what he's put out on social media, he's back on the bike. He's feeling good. Um, and so excited to see what he's able to do on the other coast. But yeah, I think, uh, I think Joe's going to be the big dog. And I think he's got to take that position to heart right off the bat. Um, I think he's got to come out aggressive and, and that's kind of been a little bit of his, uh, weaker link is, is just the aggression there in that 250 class. Cause it's, it's all out war out there. 
It certainly is. And uh, yeah, you talked about uh, um, Chance Hymas uh, quickly just to mention the fact that he is groomed and is a product of the RMX series, uh, of which uh, one of the tracks on that series is Mesquite. That's where we host World Mini. That goes down April 4th through 7th this year. Registration is open for that. And uh, and word is that I won't be uh, confined to the announcing booth. I think that'll probably be you. So I will be uh, raising hell in the plus 25 class. Um, and, and yeah, like uh, just another one of those Utah boys that goes awfully fast. Same thing goes for uh, the 26 machine of Garrett Marchbanks, who's going to be giving people like kind of flashbacks to, to uh, uh, Alex Martin because he's going to be on the same team. The 26 on his bike, I'm going to think that he's uh, Alex Martin for at least two or three races out there. Although, stature-wise, you can't find two riders that are more of a dichotomy than, and maybe if it was like, if Benny Bloss was running 26 and on club, that would maybe be the the, the furthest departure from those two things. But uh, Garrett Marchbanks, a man-child compared to the Oompa Loompa, uh, which I say with the most amount of respect for Troll, um, uh, Alex Martin, who is quite sm- uh, short in stature. Um, but, uh, yeah, like we're, this would be one of the only guy, the last guys we talk about aside from maybe Ryder, uh, Ryder D, uh, in this field. Uh, but give me your thoughts on, uh, the Club of Mex machine of Garrett Marchbanks. Yeah. I think, uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I think Garrett should be on a 450. Um, I'll die on that hill. I think yeah. he's more than shown that he's capable that of that engine fits in that chassis. Uh, well, you know, and I mean, again, you got to give the trust to the boys over at club. They, they're putting a lot of great stuff together. They have all played musical numbers because uh, I believe Phil Nicoletti, who's also going to be on this coast, is Garrett's old number now. Yes. And yeah. then what's uh, the chances that Garrett like mistakenly just like on autopilot, like swings a leg over the wrong bike at A1? Well, that's what I was about to say. If they crash, like let's say Phil. Oh, no. Together, there's a big chance that he picks up Phil's bike and Phil will kill him. And so yeah. we, can only, we can only hope. Um, but uh, no, I'm excited to see what Garrett's able to do. Um, he's he's a guy that I feel like, while I think the club team is amazing, um, and I do think that he could be the guy to take club to a little more serious of a level as a team. I think that um, they're starting to open a lot of eyes, and and um, I think Garrett is a part of that. And so uh, I, I'm excited to see what he's able to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, from, from those guys are a lot closer to my area. They're just a couple hours down the road. And from what I've seen from their blogs and from, uh, from what I've heard from people that go out and watch, uh, he's rolling right now. He, he's looking really good and, uh, got to be feeling good coming into A1. Change of scenery for the 34 machine. Rider D finds himself in a different manufacturer since, uh, the, since the last time, uh, or for the first time since he was, I don't know, six. Yep. Yeah, I put it like this. I got three big reasons why I like Ryder D in 2024. Okay. One is back Troy from 2023. Do what? The Troy Lee Design Scare is going to look good. Well, okay. Three and a half then. But right. uh, last year in SMX, I feel like he was my standout 250 rider. I think he, he, agree. What, for whatever reason, he really found his stride at the end of the year. I've got to feel like that's going to carry over. So there's one. Two, the introduction video with Troy Lee Designs. I'm sorry if you're willing to put that much work into announcing you're at that team, you're feeling good about it. I think it was awesome. I can't say how much I love that Troy and the entire team did that. Yeah. Third, he posted some pictures today of him riding and he used an Allison Chain song in the background. I mean, how do you argue with Rooster as we've seen? Yeah, no, we we that is near and dear to both of our hearts. Uh, will be for quite some time. 
few guys that I also want to kind of shed some light on who uh, are like uh, that um, are going to have good seasons. Nate Thrasher, former winner in this series, uh, actually he's on the on the West Coast or the East Coast. In fact, both uh, both guys that were are both star guys that are on the West. They they spent the last couple of years out East, so that'll be a change for both uh, Smith and Thrasher, who are used to maybe some softer uh, softer dirt over on the uh, on the East Coast. Um, but if you're playing fantasy or if you're just a little bit uh, like more curious about the sort of some deeper talent, Carson Mumford, as well as Mitchell Oldenburg, don't count either one of those guys out. Uh, they both have lots of speed uh, and uh, can, can put can put in some good, good results uh, off the beaten path. You have some rookies in Lux Turner, uh, who his his sister's an absolute like she is crazy fast. I don't want to I don't want to line up against her anytime soon. Uh, Lachlan Turner, like watch, Lachlan, yeah. watch out for her. She's super fast. Um, Julian Bomer, uh, he'll, he'll be represented for KTM. If you're uh, mistaken last year, he showed up on a Yamaha turned a ton of heads. And then, uh, you, as well as I know, Daniel Blair just like gets the claws out, gets them into the kid and, uh, and, and then he gets them over to the orange brigade. He is now full-time KTM factory and he is under the tutelage of one Davey Millsap. So I'm really excited about that. And last, but certainly not least, is uh, is Bill Leninovich. Um, like he's, he's riding for Team Faith. He's almost forty years old. Um, he raced a two-stroke in Supercross. Uh, what else can I say about a guy who has been around uh, longer than any of these guys? Um, yeah, like I, there's there's some guys he'll be racing against that weren't born when he turned. Yeah, it's going to be exciting for sure. Um, just touching on some of those rookies. Yeah, uh, the Turner is going to be, I think Turner is going to catch some people off guard, uh, but I really think Bomer is going to catch some people off guard. Juju was uh, just on another level out at Loretta's. Yeah. Um, and Perfect. like you said, between the the backing of KTM, between uh, the entire effort that him and Davey Millsaps are putting together, um, I think he's really going to, going to catch some people uh, by surprise, and I hope that he's able to put in a healthy and strong season because maybe next year you really see him come into his own. Who knows? He might surprise me, but um, I, I definitely think that Bomer is going to be one to watch and and one that you might see play some spoilers uh, later in the season as well. Once well he'll start- be on the podium this this, this yeah. year. I, yeah. I think I, I really absolutely. would be surprised. And I then, would not. And and then the it starts. Leninovich put it like this. I'm excited to get to see the photos, man. The guy's got styles for miles and mm-hmm. uh, it's cool to have him out there on the team faith machine. That's awesome for those guys. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see what he's able to do and glad to have him out there. Before we hang up this call and it's not an actual phone call. It's actually a, a zoom meeting. Um, gotta, gotta talk about team solitaire. If you're not following team solitaire on social media, give your head a shake um their team manager over there does a fantastic job with the social media and he also happens to sign some un- unreal riders i'm putting out a podcast later on this week that if you're not a fan of cole thompson of which there are very many who are not fans of cole thompson for whatever reason uh that might change your mind because the guy is honestly like he's hilarious for one uh really cool to talk to uh him and uh myself as well as Stu Baylor sat on a couch like total casting couch style and really hashed it up for about an hour it was supposed to be 15 minutes with him and uh, like this one we pushed it long um and then also Robbie Wageman I would not be surprised to see both those guys in the top 10 at the same race yeah it's going to be exciting to see uh, I do follow them on social media I'm going to going to emphasize what you said it is worth the follow um it's uh 
it, if a team could be like Randy Richardson as far as just making you laugh yes. on social media, it would be Team Solitaire. So uh, without a doubt, check them out. And, uh, yeah, they're not just funny. They can actually ride motorcycles really well as well. Uh, to your point, I was out there at the Shoals as well. Didn't get to hang out for the casting couch. Um, I, I think four's a, a little too many yeah. but, uh, for one couch. But, I mean, hey, whatever you're willing to clean up. Regardless, I did see Cole spinning some laps. Uh, he was looking good the little bit I got to see of him. Um, and him and Robbie both, I'm excited to see in, see in 24. He is always a smooth operator. Uh, Heron Dean, otherwise known as Zach Heron here on the Verb Modal broadcast. Oh, this is a, this is a podcast. Uh, Wes and the boys, they do broadcast. This here is a podcast bound on podcast networks. We thank you guys so much for, for, for listening to this. If you're watching on, on YouTube, also thank you for watching the entire thing. And a reminder, uh, for those, uh, I'm sure if you're watching this part, you were watched earlier or listened to the earlier part, that if you email me, brad at verbmoto.com, in the caption, you need to uh, have contest, and then let, let me know why it is that you need to have some Racetech Gold Valves installed in your motorcycle. And uh, yeah, I'll do some deliberating and figure out who it needs to be, and uh, we'll get it back to everybody, uh, whether or not they won. And uh, yeah, best of luck to everybody. Best of luck to all the guys that we talked about today, uh, as well as the other guys who will make up the field. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. Anaheim won just three days away, baby. Uh, the wait is over. Absolutely. It's time to kick the 2024 season off. Uh, the deepest season yet, as we like to say, it's going to be exciting. I'm going to be tuning in and uh, it'd be nice to make it out to a couple of these in person as well. So we'll see if I can uh, stir something up with that. But uh, until then, brother, I appreciate you having me on and uh, I'll talk to you real soon. Certainly. Uh, I'll probably see you in a Supercross, but I'll definitely see you out at the ranch. And speaking of which, you have a song available on Spotify. You've done some like some unique um like what was the right word for it is uh um it's your own content like the actual like uh like you you have you, yes, you make music uh you are a recording superstar and have a song about uh going to loretta Lynn's. so uh yeah make sure people check that out plug that for us absolutely yeah no like you said uh you gotta gotta have different skills to pay the bills so i'm also a, a musician as well and uh, like you said put together a song called out at the ranch about racing out at loretta Lynn's. Uh, I have a lot of people tell me they don't get it because none of them ride, but I guarantee, uh, even if you haven't been able to, to go out there yourself, if you know what it's about and you know, uh, what surrounds it, you'll get something out of that song. So you can check it out, Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, wherever you get your tunes at, check it out, out at the ranch. Right on, guys. Thank you for listening or watching the Verb Moto broadcast. And for now, we're out of here. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our 450 and 250 Supercross preview here on Verb Moto. Hopefully you enjoyed it and looking to do a few more podcasts with one Zach Heron down the way. Check out all the Verb Moto podcasts here on the Verb Pod Network. Obviously these podcasts, check out the Grom Report. Those are clicking off every single Tuesday. We had the Vanilla Broadcast when those guys decided to do a podcast. Always love those ones. We got Winners Take Y'all and we got the Squad Pod. Check them all out, enjoy them, and definitely get back to us whenever we have a contest to hook you guys up with some sweet prizes. Have yourselves a great rest of your day, as always, and go get some throttle therapy. Welcome to Best 42 in the land. I'll age 
from kids up to grown men Walk through the gates of the coal miner's daughter To make a point clearer than the creek water so Who's the best, who's it gonna be In Hurricane Mills, Tennessee Can you feel the adrenaline Dirt flies hypnotized by the wheel spin Hear the crowd, everybody's whistling Lying on the field If you can put it all together three times This one Riding by the 30 second cards on its side. 